day. And, you know, it's a miracle touchdown. It kept me out of the playoffs. I'm like, it's week two. Calm down, right? But, but we all have this time of year, and we all endure those stories. Why? Yeah, it's fantasy football season. I've got mine. You have yours. Or, you know, you walk out of the room. I don't, we see a culture of people cheering for players that they don't know are not on any team they support, but because they're on their fantasy team, they feel like they've got a player on my team that my $10 went down for. You know, I mean, there's, there's a passion behind this. You know, and I feel like we get this mentality, whether we know it or not, that these players represent us. They represent our team. You know, football's back, and, and this is kind of the way we see it. You know, the, the truth is, kind of uh, uh, as I've... I've been back in school a little bit and also just been reading a lot. And I'm becoming more and more aware over these past, I guess, few years of how important representation is in our society. It's, it's wildly important. It's important uh, with all people that walk made up of many different cultural heritages. I haven't officially taken a DNA test, but I think the, maj- the most biggest part of me is I have a Greek origin. I'm pretty sure that's what I've been told, right? And so knowing this, knowing this, when the Olympics are on, the first thing I do is, okay, how's USA's medal count? And then I scroll down for a while and I find Greece. Okay, did we place in anything? Are we entered in this, you know, are we, are we entered in this competition? And I start using the we word, even though I have no ties to Greece. You must understand, I've never been to Greece. I don't speak the language. And I have no ties that I'm aware of to that country. But when the Olympics are on or the World Cup's on, you know, we're going to win it this year. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) There's this representation, this tie, and I feel, and and maybe I'm like, okay, well, how do I express this? Well, a couple times a year, I'll make sure I buy a euro, right? That's the the gyro, however you want to pronounce it, right? That's the wrong way to pronounce it. I know, I'm a fish. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a euro, right? But, But that's... It, for some reason, there's something inside of me drawn to that heritage. Again, no ties, but representation is important. And you know, representation, excuse me, is powerful to all people on this earth. And I think for this reason, as Christians, the way we represent Christ in our day has to have uh, has a greater impact than I feel like we even fully realize. Our representation of Christ, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, at home, with our extended family, how we represent Christ, I believe, has a bigger impact than we fully understand. And so for the the sermon today, I want to explore a question. What would your lives say you represent? And so the title of my lesson today is Speak for Me. Speak for Me. You know, over the past couple of weeks, we've had different people uh, from every different or most Bible talks so far get up and, and represent their Bible talk, whether it be doing the welcome or, or communion or, or contribution, just, hey, representing where we're at in the Dallas area, representing our Bible talk. And it's been great because re- representation is important. You see a lot of the, the younger, young bucks up here today, hey, representing the campus and parts of the young marrieds. And, and we'll probably do that a little bit more here but hey, representation, I, I can connect. You know, it's interesting. In, in 2 Corinthians, we get a statement from Paul that I believe is very telling for us as Christians. Verse 20, it reads, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. 
So Paul is talking about us being a part of the ministry of reconciliation, and we are now a new creation since we live for him. And then he drops this line. He gives us a title. And in my opinion, this title is it's extremely heavy. He calls us Christ's ambassadors. That, let that sink in for a moment. This means that the things we do, the things we say, are done on behalf of Jesus himself. From the moment you wake up in the morning till the moment you go to bed in the evening, the hope is when people look at you and they look at your life, they see Jesus. Again, let that sink in for a moment. You, those of you who have made Jesus Lord, are Christ's ambassadors. It's, it's as if God is making his appeal to the world through you. We are his spokesmen. So what are we saying? What are our words? What are our lives, our actions? What are they communicating? Are they communicating that we are ambassadors for Christ? You know, for me, this is a, a question that I've really wrestled with. And it's how seriously do I take this title? You know, for the, the church in the first century, they wore it with a badge of honor. Something that they were proud to represent. As an ambassador for Christ, they used it to confront evil. They used it to endure every hardship. And they used it even to give up their life. If that meant making Jesus' name known to a lost world. They wore it with pride. I am an ambassador for Christ. This was something they were proud and this is uh, proud of and something they ran towards. You know, as Christians in today's society, I feel like we see so many needs that are all around us. And, and many of us, I truly believe, make a concentrated effort to serve and, and help in whatever way we can, especially within the confines uh, of the church. You know, we have great servants who love up on our hope projects uh, and our intergenerational work that are before us kind of in this area. And those are wonderful people who are great servants and have great hearts to do great things to help others. It's wonderful. We have amazing disciples who are focused on loving our families with projects like growing kids God's way. I've heard so many amazing things that have come from that program. Great-hearted people trying to help the family believers raise their kids to love God. What a great heart. You know, we have phenomenal programs focused on health, financial peace, and Christ-centered recovery, or, or CCR. There are many servants who work tirelessly unpaid to help the world around them so they can help others connect with God. You know, there's so many other amazing projects out there that I'm sure I missed and I apologize, but they're led and they're ran and they, they're involving great-hearted individuals that, again, take time out of their busy lives to help the people around them. And I believe to, to all of you that do that, you're an inspiration. And we appreciate your heart. And, and God sees and knows what you're doing. And, and so here's a seemingly silly question. Which of these programs is the most important? They all have great value. It's a trick question, all right? Don't shout it out. Thank you. I'm glad nobody said anything, right? <laughs> Amen. I, and I'm sure some are more important to a given individual at a given time. 
For example, the single brother who just graduated college is really excited about his financial peace class, but it's not really given a lot of thought on growing kids God's way. It's just, it's not on his radar at the moment, right? Someday, hopefully, the priorities switch, amen, but, but right now, that's where he's at. All of these, perp- all these programs, they serve a purpose, and they're valuable to those who take them, or more important than everybody else's. And see, I don't necessarily see that within the church projects, okay? I don't, I don't see that. This isn't like, I'm calling people out. No, not at all. But, you know, where I do see that is when the, within the things we support in other areas, other things we pour our passions to. And many of these projects have the heart and have the desire to help people. There are great intentions behind them. And, but, but sometimes we can get a little too passionate. There's things like animal rights, politics, social or racial injustices, protecting our environment, and, and so many more. Again, projects that are, that are beneficial and helpful and, and, and things that a lot of people are very deeply passionate about. But in some cases, we are so passionate about our causes that we start to even battle people who oppose what we think on these issues. And even worse, sometimes we do it with brothers and sisters. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are not ambassadors of other projects. That can be secondary, but first, you are Christ's ambassadors. And again, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a passion in other places as well. Not at all. It just means that it should be evident above all else that you are always an ambassador of in your heart and other things. And look, look after this. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians 6, after we're called Christ's ambassadors, look what Paul said. We urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, and now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, in hardships, and in distress, in beatings, imprisonments, in riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, in hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. See, Paul says we are God's co-workers first and foremost. We are God's co-workers and have done whatever we could to put no stumbling block in the path. And Paul goes on to list the efforts that he's made to strive for unity. And he's not bragging, but at the same time, he's like, I've done this, I've done this. We're like, we get it. No, but I've also done this and I've done this. No, let me list a few more. Okay. And you just see the heart. We've made every effort to be unified with you. And you know, I think that's the call for us today as we work towards connecting with each other, to make every effort. You know, I read an excerpt recently from a book entitled God of the Oppressed. And a large part of the conversation revolved around the idea, whether we realize it or not, our history plays a large part in our understanding of God and his mission, the mission of God's church. 
especially right here in the United States. And so for the sake of simplicity, the author spends his time focused on two uh, on just two different racial theological groups and how culturally different they are. And so he discusses the differences between uh, white and black American theology. And the point of this piece is to see the value that the history brings of each of uh, culture to the Christian conversation. And it's a very convicting piece. And again, uh, it's called The God of the Oppressed. And again, I just read an excerpt from it. But the author goes on to talk about how each racial group approaches Christianity today. And it's largely based on the culture history of each of the groups as they rose it, it, uh, excuse me, in the United States. For example, their Christian, uh, of Christianity was centered around freedom from oppression. That, that was a big uh, focus and still is a big focus of that racial community. Sometimes, like uh, Moses freeing, uh, excuse me, stories like Moses freeing the slaves were rallying cries for that, uh, for that culture and a group of people who are just looking for any hope in that situation. And so they, they trace their, in a lot of ways, trace their lineage back to that moment, Moses freeing the peoples, and we will also be freed from oppression one day. And this mindset has seeped into their Christianity today. And so here's the bottom line. If we don't understand the world we live in today, we won't understand how people best connect with God. We won't understand, someone's just taking out the trash, easy people. <laughs> people, excuse me, people will be coming from different backgrounds, different feelings, different understandings, and different upbringings. And so if we only have one focus and only understand one way to come to God, we are going to be ineffective as God's people. And I think that's not at all what God wants from us. He wants us to come together unified. So if we try to preach Jesus' resurrection and don't understand where people are coming from, we're going to do a disservice to the world around us. The goal is for all of us before Christ. And just the roads that we take to get there may be a little different. But the goal is to get there. We are all Christ's ambassadors. And we all speak for him. We speak for him to all nations, to all people, with the hopes of being united under Jesus. And that's our goal. And that's what we're aiming for. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 11, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. See, Paul tells the church, we have, we have spoken freely to you. We've opened our hearts to you. Now we just want you to do the same. Open your hearts to hear. Be giving. Don't be a stumbling block to those who may, who may hurt you. Don't be a stumbling block to those who are struggling. Don't be a stumbling, blo stumbling block to those who you may not see eye to eye with. Be an ambassador for Christ. Because that's what we are all called to be. And then watch and see how God glorifies that. Watch and see how God died. We're excited today to announce that Victor and Anna are going are to be getting baptized the, right after service. 
So following the last song, we're going to have a few individuals will come up and we'll share. And then we will pray and then we will make our way uh, out to uh, the pool. And it, it's going to be a wonderful time. But, you know, it encourages my soul to see a man and a woman who want to have the title of ambassador for Christ. Who want to be disciples of Jesus. Being called out of the darkness into the light. You know, and I fully believe a large part of why this day has come is because of how many people who have loved them and who have ran after the relationships. And as the passage says, did not hold back their affection from them. And this is such a testament to so many people. And I think this is such a great example that all of us can learn from, just running after relationships. And we're so excited to see what God will do with Victor and Anna, and I think it's, it's going to be wonderful. I, I really do. How are we going to use our title as ambassadors of Christ? How are we going to use that title? You know, one of the things I see in the character who couldn't speak for themselves, he was very big on that. He didn't let the helpless get run over. or, or Jesus spoke for him. And we see this in the story of the sinful woman. The sinful woman hears where Jesus is, rushes into the house of a stranger, falls down at his feet in worship and washes his feet with her tears and her hair. And then what happens at that moment is the Pharisee begins to belittle both Jesus and the woman. And then this is how Jesus responds. Luke 7, verse 44. He says, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. You know, it's fascinating to me that Jesus defends her here. And later we see he forgives her sin. And he does it for a woman who felt helpless, who felt like her sin was just too deep to overcome. Jesus spoke for her. Jesus defended her. Jesus stood up for her. And here's what I find most fascinating about this passage. At no point do we see Jesus defending himself. Both Jesus and the woman were thrown under the bus for their actions. But Jesus didn't waste time saying, what are you doing to me? He defended the woman. He spoke for the people who couldn't speak for themselves. See, at one time or another, you and I were the sinful woman. We were helpless. We were beyond hope. Yet Jesus stopped everything and spoke for us. He stood up for us when we didn't deserve it. He died for us when we sure didn't deserve it. And he did all of this because of how deep his love was for us. And our response is should be to do the same. It should be to do the same. Help those who have trouble speaking for themselves. Be a light to a hurting world. And be the example that Jesus knows you ought to be. <laughs> the way he's created you to be. An example to a lost world. You know, we are ambassadors for Christ. When people examine our lives and they watch how we live, 
there should want to learn about what that means, we'd love to have you sit down and study the Bible with the person that brought you. Because ultimately, there are people in this world who they're just, they're out there looking for a voice. They just, they need someone to speak up for them. They're scared. They feel helpless. They're looking for someone that they can connect with and look up to. They're looking for representation. That's what they're looking for. Someone who loves them, they can connect with, that will speak for them. Because they feel alone, they feel abandoned, and they feel outcasted. I say that should be us, and I say we should make the decision to bring them Jesus. Amen? Amen. And thank you.